You're listening to The Gospel Project for Preschool and Kids Weekly Leader Training. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Gospel Project for Kids Leaders Training Podcast. My name is Delaney Williams and I am joined by Landry Holmes for this episode. And during this time, we are going to talk about the session for Unit 2, Session 4, People Rebel Against God. That's found in Genesis chapter 10 and 11. And so Landry, as we have shared with our listeners in previous episodes, talked about how the last session of every unit, we will, we will have what we call a big truth session. And so that's another way of saying a doctrine session where we're going to take our big picture question and talk about it deeper and unpack it, if you will, to help boys and girls understand the big truths. And so this session is one of our big truth sessions. Also, a couple of notes about our big truth sessions. Sometimes they are narrative and sometimes they aren't. This particular session happens to be a narrative. Also, with our with our big truth sessions, they may not always follow chronological order as we do with all of our other lessons, but for this unit, our big truth session does follow chronologically or follow in that order. So while we're talking about our, our big truth session for this unit, talking about how people rebel against God, we, we want to make sure that boys and girls understand and have a big idea to take away with them after they hear and after we teach the session. And so one thing to remember and help kids understand is that sin is an act of rebelling and, um, against God. And so they, it is disobedience of God. And I think sometimes what people think and what kids initially believe is it may be I'm taking something or I told a lie or I stole something, which yes, all of those are sin. Every one of those, it's a sin against a perfect God. But we want boys and girls to understand it's more than an action. It, sin is a choice that we make or choices that we make. It could be our attitudes and our thoughts that are contrary to biblical teaching. And it could also be our attitude towards God and our thoughts towards God. We're going to be talking about in this session too that we're to make God famous. So are we making ourselves famous or are we making God famous? And that's what we want to make sure that boys and girls learn that the people rebelled against God, but we want to make sure that we are making God famous and not ourselves. And so as we do in each episode, we talk about some of our activities that may require a little extra preparation. And so we have a lot of fun activities with our, with our preschoolers for this week. Of course, we have great fun learning activities with them every week, but some that may require a little extra prep time from, from our teachers. And so for our younger preschoolers, they are going to be making birdseed mud. 
Now, Landry, have you ever made birdseed mud? <laughs> no, I haven't, but it sounds like a lot of fun. I, I want you to tell me about it. Yes, so again, with this, all the directions, all the instructions are there in your leader guide, and a reminder to make sure to post an allergy alert. Um, and I want to make sure to make our teachers aware. I know whenever I'm teaching preschoolers, it sometimes I'm like, okay, this recipe is great, but how how much will this recipe make? You know, will it make for five children or ten children? And do I need to double it? And so I, I want to help our leaders know that the recipe in the leader guide will make approximately eight or nine bird feeders. And so just keep that in mind. If you need to double those ingredients um, for the recipe, that you'll need that the recipe given makes eight or nine bird feeders. Also, the directions explain to put the mixture into a canning jar lid or ring and rings to allow it to dry. So they're gonna pat it in there. Now it also says make a hole in the middle of the mixture. Want to reiterate that you're using a straw to make a hole in the mixture. You're not trying to make a hole in the canning lid. I know we just want to make sure that people, because that could be really frustrating, Landry, if people are trying to, you know, how, how do I make a hole in this? That, that is there in the lid just to help it dry. And then, so as you send home that mixture, make sure to remind the parents to leave them in the lid until they're dry. And so, again, just a couple reminders on for that make birdseed mud. So that's going to be fun. The kids are going to love it, making it, and then they're going to love being able to take home that birdseed mud um, as a feeder. Then next, younger preschool is making paint with blocks. And so it suggests to use plastic interlocking blocks. And I want to remind our listeners that we do not say a particular brand of a block to use because we know we serve many different churches, and we want you to, to purchase the ones that's going to work best for you. I do want to mention the reason why the plastic interlocking blocks were selected for this activity is because they'll be making prints on their papers, and so you use the different sides of the interlocking blocks, the top, the bottom, and the sides, they'll make different imprints. Another point is the fact that they're a lot easier to clean than, say, wooden blocks. And so we're also thinking of that as we are writing and editing the curriculum. So moving on to our preschool worship, we have an activity where they're making bricks. So younger preschoolers are making birdseed mud, but in preschool worship, preschoolers are making bricks. And so this is a, a recipe that is adapted from a cornstarch Christmas ornament recipe. And so it would make about 20 to 24 ornaments. So think about, you can prepare the same amount or think that same amount would be to make those bricks. And so this is gonna be fun. They're actually gonna build with this. And so you're, and they're gonna enjoy building with it. Reminder for an allergy alert, even though they aren't, eating it, they're going to be handling those ingredients. And so you'll probably want to use two ice trays to make these bricks. And I would encourage you even just to try some out prior to the session that you 
that you teach them to make sure that you're able to get the consistency right. And even something, if you want to add some cereal flakes to it that could add a different texture, or if you even wanted to try to bake them to maybe have real bricks, that could be a way to enhance the activity too. So a lot of different ideas that you can use. Our teachers, you know what's gonna work best for your situation, and so just wanted to share those possible ideas for them making bricks. And so now moving on to our kids. Landry, do you have any, any resource ideas you would like to share today? Well, yes. So I hope y'all were listening when Delaney talked about uh, the, what do you call those plastic things again? Plastic interlocking blocks. Plastic interlocking blocks. So we're going to do something similar in younger kids. One of the session starters is called Tallest Towers. And um, so uh, that one Delaney is not the one I was thinking about when I was thinking about interlocking blocks. So I'm going to leave everybody in suspense because I'm going to come back to that whole interlocking block thing. Um, but Because it does still have the same title or a same word in the title, in both titles. It, it does. So, yes. It does. So let's just go with the tallest towers. Younger kids, session starter two. Um as you look at that, you'll see it's it's a timed uh, game, and uh, you might want to ask the kids to restart their towers each time uh, that you start the, the next round so that uh, it just kind of evens the playing field because what you're trying to do is you give them less time each time they build the tower. And so if you have them rebuild the tower every time you shorten the amount of time they have to build it, then they have progressively less time to build it from nothing in each way. Just a, a way to, to make it maybe more challenging and uh, to bring, put the, you know, help them understand the the points and, and really what you're trying to, to teach. And then for, for older kids, session starter, uh, the second option, it, it's a game that's similar to musical chairs, uh, but it has a twist. And so the twist is you write numbers on index cards and you put them under the chairs and uh, you you have one less chair than you have number of children and remember this is older kids they can get a little rowdy so make sure there's plenty of space so nobody gets you know injured and when a player is out um, because he can't find a chair then that player will call out a random number however many numbers you have there. So, you know, you're going to have maybe 12 numbers. And so that that uh, person who's out then calls a number, like number eight. And then the kids look under their chairs, and whoever has number eight stands up, and she'll pull her chair out, and she will also be out. Um, and so it's just a little bit different way uh, of playing it. If you don't want to play it that way, if it's too complicated... Uh, for your kids, uh, just just play a traditional game of music, musical chairs. But, you know, what we're really trying to do is help kids understand uh, who sits on the throne of your life. A while ago, you mentioned that we want to make God famous. And really, God is the only one who should be on the throne of our lives. Uh, there's not room for God and for us to be in charge of our lives. It, and so uh, the Bible makes it very clear that God wants to be on the on the throne. Now, uh, w one more thing I want to talk about was um, 
in kids worship we have that tower activity but it's called tumbling towers now this is where i meant to refer to the interlocking blocks you know keep in mind again justice delney you said we can't uh, use brand names in our leader guides so uh you can uh you can search uh, on your computer and your search engine you can search for tumbling towers and I just did it uh, and I came up with what I needed so you can probably figure out what tumbling towers are what game that is uh, the tumbling tower block game uh, but if you're not uh, just search for it and with that term and you'll you'll find it and it'll be, make it more clear but that'll also be a fun activity uh, building towers you know Delney this is this is really a, a, a again a a story that that's kind of fun to tell and it lends itself to some really fun activities but we need to remind ourselves that uh, why are we why are we doing these activities and what's what is the point of this story why why does God have this account in uh, the canon of scriptures. Why? Why is this here? And you know, it's it's just easy in our world today to think about trying to make ourselves famous rather than God. We don't go out and build towers trying to reach to heaven, but we do a lot of things to make ourselves famous. To, it, it might be on social media. Uh, we only want people to see what we want them to see. Uh, it could just be in our daily lives, and we kind of hide those things. We don't want people. To see, but we because we want people to think of us as being special and and being famous. Sometimes it's just a matter of not allowing any time to spend time with God in prayer and Bible reading and Bible study, uh, gathering with other believers, talking to people about the gospel, anything that that pushes God off that that throne is our trying to make ourselves famous instead of. God famous. So the cool thing about this story is it allows us that opportunity to help boys and girls be reminded that our goal is to make God famous. Point to God, not to ourselves. And then also what's exciting is that one day we know that people from every group, every language, every nation will all worship the same God. And that's exciting. And this story teaches us that as well. That's great, Landry. And I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said. And as you were talking about, yes, we do have a lot of fun activities. And ones that boys and girls are going to remember. Of course, we, we strive to have that every week. That, you know, they're, they're enjoying coming to church. They're enjoying learning about God. So I want to encourage our teachers to make sure that they are talking about the lesson, having that conversation with them to as they're doing these activities because the activities can be a lot of fun, but you as the teacher are helping to connect the Bible story to them with that activity. And so making sure that you are, and it's not just a one-way discussion, that it is you're asking them questions that help them think about what what you've talked about and even applying what does it look like in my life um, to 
what can I take from this story? And especially how you said it's about, you know, making God famous. And you're so right. Our world from the time, I mean, even before they're born, it, I mean, just the world is all about me. And that's what they hear from a very young age. And so we want to make sure that they know what the Bible says is that all glory belongs to God. And it doesn't, and we should not be seeking to make ourselves known, but seeking to make Him known. Man. And so we, this is an exciting lesson that we are, um, I, I'm eager to hear and see what all the Lord does through this and how He uses it in these lives of the kids that we teach. And so to you, our listeners, our leaders that teach the Gospel Project for Kids, we want to thank you for listening to today's episode. And we pray and hope that you have found it helpful as you prepare to teach the Gospel Project for Kids in preschool. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Preschool and Kids. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.